This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. It's been a wild ride for value stocks here in 2022, but now it's the end of the year and we've been hanging in there better than the growth stocks. But what will happen for 2023? If you are interested in value stocks for 2023 and you want a portfolio to actually follow above and beyond what you get on this podcast, then the Zacks Value Investor is for you. I also write that newsletter. It comes out once a week and we own 16 stocks in the portfolio right now with a holding period of forever, but we have been uh, having to exit some positions. We took some gains on a few this year that I thought might have peak earnings. We had to exit some to contain our losses because the call did not turn out to be the correct one with these types of market conditions on a few of our positions. But otherwise, our strategy is performing pretty well over there, and you now have a chance to go check it out. We've opened up the Zach's Value Investor again, and you can go just take a look at it if you want. You can go to zacks.com slash ultimate, and it is Z-A-C-K-S dot com slash ultimate, which is U-L-T-I-M-A-T-E. That's just the general trial. You can do the general trial, check out the Zach's Value Investor. And it's probably you know a good time to do it because I kind of like these end of the year evaluations and I do it every year with the Value Investor portfolio so that we could see what did work, what didn't work. We do have a strategy for that Uh, portfolio beyond just value, right? Because as we know from this podcast, not all value stocks have been working here in 2022. And some have been value traps. Some I feel may turn around by 2023, but maybe we're just a little too early in them in 2022. But this leads me to one of the big questions heading into 2023. Is the value rally over? Is it dying here? It seems like growth wants to make a comeback. We've seen a mini rally in a lot of the beaten down growth stocks here at the end of 2022, especially in the Fangman stocks. Some of them are up 20, 30, 40% off their recent lows. They're still down for the year, but up off those lows. And then a bigger question we have to ask about value is about energy. Is that done? It's been uh, two years as the best performing industry in the S&P 500. And history is kind of tells us that uh, industries that get real hot like that kind of, you know, peak and then they aren't the real hot ones. But what are the odds for three years of outperformance by energy? Well, of course, I had to take a look and see what was going on. So with energy, It still remains a fairly small sector in the S&P 500, but total S&P 500 earnings are now expected to be up 4.8% in 2022. But if you exclude the energy group, which is again, a smaller uh, industry or sector within the S&P 500, it's one of the smallest actually, 
um, compared to say technology, which is you know 30% or something of the S&P 500 energy is not barely at 5%. And if you take that out, just that energy earnings, earnings are expected to be down in 2022 by 2.1%. So that tells you how strong the rebound in energy earnings has been and how weak it is for the rest of the S&P 500. So earnings appear to have peaked according to Shiraz Mian here, who's tracking all of our earnings data at Zax.com. Peaked in April, it's been on the decline and um, energy, what's going on with that? Has that peaked too? So Shiraz tells us that in the second quarter, energy earnings were 66.9 billion. In the third quarter, it is uh, falling a bit because energy prices have started to come down by the third quarter and it was at 62 billion. Now that's still up 122% from the third quarter of 2021 because energy, again, the prices are higher and it goes directly to the earnings of the energy companies. Most, if not almost all of them are unhedged, but there are a few, uh, a few that remain hedged. But that means when it goes up, so do earnings. When earnings come down or when oil prices come down, so do the earnings there too. So it's a little riskier to go unhedged. But in these types of market conditions, the companies feel confident enough that they can. Also, one thing to keep in mind about energy earnings is that they were going up before the Ukraine war because inventories were lower. Demand was expected to be healthier given the reopening of the economy. Nobody really foresaw that China would remain as weak as it was with the zero COVID and nobody really foresaw the Ukraine war that would spike the prices and impact some demand as well. But by the time you get to the third quarter of next year, 2023, even even the second quarter, that was the Ukraine war quarter, you're gonna have falling earnings because we saw WTI and Brent spike, you know, as high as like $130 a barrel in that quarter. And so earnings did the same, spiked up big. And unless we again see it at those levels, you're unlikely to see the earnings as elevated. So uh, energy earnings expected to fall 23.6% by the second quarter year over year, and then 17% by the third quarter year over year. So was 2022 the peak earnings for this stage in the cycle? It is possible that yes, um, you know, but no one knows because anything can happen when you're talking about a commodity and what goes on with uh, the global economy and where some demand may come or um, destruction of inventories, you know, uh, with various geopolitical events going on. So, but what does this look like with the, just the general ETF? Let's take a look at that. So the energy select spider is the general big energy ETF, ticker XLE. Um, X is an X-ray, L is in Larry, E is in Edward. It's been around since December of 1998. So it is one of the old ones. It has 22 holdings. And I took a look at the top 10 list. 
So that's almost half of the portfolio, right? But it's really almost 75% of the portfolio is the top 10 positions. And I've talked about this in the past which with the XLE. Uh, two of the big integrated oil companies are the two biggest holdings, and they're about 40% of the entire thing. So keep that in mind. When you're buying this, you're really buying these two big positions. So if they go up, the entire XLE will go up. So those positions are the biggest one is Exxon, ticker XOM. It's 22.85%. And then Chevron, ticker CVX, it's 19.7%. And then you drop all the way down to one of the oil field services, Schlumberger at 5.2%. Then you have EOG at 4.3%, ConocoPhillips at 4.29%, Marathon Petroleum, that's a refiner and service stations at 3.95% of the portfolio. Uh, Pioneer Natural Resources at 3.9, their producer. Phillips 66, that's refiner, 3.59. Occidental, which is in Warren Buffett's portfolio, 3.46. And then it wraps up with Valero, a refiner at 3.39%. So that leaves us 12 other companies that are also in this um, energy ETF, and you can see it includes the big integrateds, and that means um, the big oil, as it's called. And integrated means it has all the components. They drill for oil. They will refine the oil into gasoline. They will send it out to their service stations. They will transport it. They may make chemicals out of it and have a petrochemical division. So they're like the complete picture owning all the different levels. Uh, some of the other ones are only a certain portion of it or they're in oil field services like Schlumberger. And what that means is they're helping the producers. You know, They may have the rigs or the uh, talent to go in there and the technology to extract the oil ever deeper out of you know the well, that kind of thing is on the oil field services. And there's many different types of oil field, field services companies um, across the gamut. Some do uh, you know only on the platforms. Some will uh, literally send supplies via boats out to the platforms. Some are on the environmental side. Um, some are, you know, on just the pumping. Like it, it runs the gamut. But these, in this that I've mentioned, are including Schlumberger here, are the bigger names, the global names, and with the big market caps. So, how has the XLE been doing? We know it's the best performing, right? So year to date, it's up 52.9%. It has started to roll over a bit from its recent highs here as the energy stocks have weakened in the prior month. And I'm recording this in early December 2022. So um, we won't know for sure for a couple of weeks what the final uh, you know, 2022 tally is, but it should still be in the green, let's hope. Two years, it's up 108.8%. But over the three years, I looked at that. So that's the pre-pandemic, the start of it before the pandemic actually hit, but includes the pandemic. Um, 
was up 42% versus the S&P 500 up 25%. But most of that outperformance has come only in the recent couple of months, actually, if you look at the chart. Uh, so that's all interesting. Over the longer time period, it's massively underperformed the S&P 500 as energy has been in a bear market. So it has not been a pleasant place to be as a buy and hold investor. Um, I did look at just 2020 and you know the start of the year versus the very end of that year. So that was the, when the coronavirus hit and then we didn't get the vaccine until November, the announcement of the vaccine. And then the crude prices turned around and the energy stocks turned around, but it was not enough to prevent a pretty nasty year in 2020. The XLE was down 36.8% that year versus the S&P 500 up 14.5. So what is going on with these individual holdings? Maybe I wanna go down that direction. Um, can they repeat their outperformance again in next year in 2023? Well, the outperformance really has come from that rebound in the earnings, right? That I was talking about earlier, that the earnings growth has been just so strong that um, you know, it made sense to dive into all of these energy stocks. They all had the good uh, Saks rank, and so that made sense. They rallied, but now what? Now are we at the peak? So I took a look at a few in each category. So I looked at Exxon, ticker XOM. And that's the big oil, the integrated. Now that industry is still in the top 27% of all Zach's industries. It ranks 68th out of 250. So that's pretty good. It's in the top 50 still. Uh, it has a PE of just 7.5 and a PEG of 0.3. But earnings are expected to decline next year by 21.4% to $10.93 from $13.90. And they made $5.38 in 2021. So you can see how far we've come. So basically still double what they made in 2021 because crude remains above you know, $70 right now, WTI is above 70. And most analysts expect it to remain there even next year in 2023. So yes, earnings are declining, making it a bit of a value trap here, but the shares are still cheap. Over the last month, they actually are down 8.3%. So could be a buying opportunity if enough people are cashing in their gains here and deciding that energy is over. And it may not be. You also get that dividend. Uh, let me see what's that yielding. I know I wrote it down somewhere. I think it's like, well, maybe I didn't. It's like 3.5% or so, or 3 to 3.5% for the dividend for Exxon. Okay. Um, Switching over to the refiners. I haven't talked about them that much, but I just chose Valero out of the group that's on this top 10. Ticker V as in Victor, L as in Larry, O, V-L-O. They are in the top 18% of Zach's industries. They rank 46 out of 250. That's just the refining group. Valero is dirt cheap, PE of 4.2. But next year, earnings expected to be down 29% as we're seeing. So uh, expected to fall to 1983 from 2795. But get a load of this. They only made $2.81 in 2021. So huge gains this year on the earnings front. 
And next year, um, still huge gains, but just not as strong. So a little bit of a value trappiness there too, but we'll see what happens with those refining margins and everything else. The price of gasoline has come way down. That's good for all of us, um, but not quite as good for these refining companies. Over the last month, these shares are down too, down 7.6%, but year to date still up 58.3%, and their base dividend is 3.3% yield. But I don't know if they're paying any specials, doing share buybacks. You have to check on all of that stuff. But the base is still pretty good, 3.3. Then I looked at the oil field services with Schlumberger. They're um, a Zach's number one. None of these others are still the number one. So their industry, oil field services, is in the top 9%. They rank 23rd out of 250 how could that be? Why are they doing so well? Well, think about what happens with oil, oil field services. Um, as the price of crude and natural gas rises, eventually the oil companies are like, hey, this is staying elevated. We need to drill some more. We want to find some more so that we can sell that and make more money. So then they go to Schlumberger and go, hey, we want to put some more rigs in. We want to do this or that, and we need your help. So then they hire Schlumberger and their earnings start to go up. So this happens globally and we're starting to see some of that. So in 2022, earnings up 67.9%, but in 2023, expected to be up another 40%. So that looks like on the on the you know earnings estimates going from $2.15 to $3.03 next year. They only made $1.28 in 2021 because not many people were ramping up yet in 2021. They're still getting over the shock of what happened with crude collapsing in 2020. So slowly, these oil services companies become in vogue. Now, year to date, the shares have been kind of on a wild ride, but are now up 66%. Over the last month, they've fallen a bit too, down 6%. Dividend is yielding 1.4%, so a little bit under some of the others, and it's more expensive with a PE of 23.6. But it's not anywhere close to its 2018 highs. That's uh, you know five years ago, shares started to slide. They slid all the way down into the pandemic, and now are on the rebound. But even with um, you know a big rebound here. They are still, uh, you know, not even close to their, you know, five-year highs. So that's Schlumberger ticker SLB. B is in boy. S is in Sam. L is in Larry. B is in boy. And then I did look at one of the producers. We've talked about them a lot. The one on the list that I chose was EOG Resources. There is X number three right now, but the producers, which are called the Explorer Exploration and Produ Production. E and P's and ampersand is in there. Um, I just call them the producers now because that's kind of easier. They are just the ones out there drilling, getting it out of the ground, and you know, getting it to the buyers. So they're not making the gasoline. They're not making chemicals usually. Um, and so that this group is in the bottom 32% of the Zacks industry rank. They rank 172 out of 250 now. And that's complete opposite of a year ago when those earnings estimates were soaring, but now not so much. So the PE 
is just nine on EOG resources. So it's still cheap, but looking at those earnings this year, it's soaring up 64%, but next year only up 5%. But at least this one, it is positive for now, but that's all gonna matter on what happens with the price of oil. So this is all gonna change quite a bit as we move into 2023. So the analysts are looking at $14.12 for next year versus $14.82 for this year but they made only $8.61 last year. So still very elevated, but these stocks are more uh, volatile year to date up 41%, but over the last month it is now uh, plunged down 11.7% because it will move with the price of crude or natural gas, depending on what its mix is. Some companies produce way more crude, some companies produce 50-50 or 60-40. Some are you know, much heavier in natural gas, but then they usually get in a different category of the natural gas producers. So uh, you kind of have to look at the mix, but EOG resources is more oil uh, specific. So when crude prices come down, so will these stocks. You have to have a strong stomach to stay in some of these. That's why people like Exxon, Chevron, the big integrateds, they're not quite as volatile, but Exxon has pulled back off the highs over about 8% here in the last month too. So, but you also get, you know, a pretty standard dividend with some of the big integrateds. EOG also pays a dividend yielding 2.6%, but it also has a variable payouts out there. When crude is elevated, they will pay out these variables, but those are not guaranteed, obviously. If earnings come down, they can't pay that out. So be sure you know what your company is paying. Some of them have just said we'll pay you know, 60% out, some have said, you know, 80%, some uh, are at 50, but make sure you know before you count on having that dividend because when the crude comes down, so will everything else. So where does this leave us? What is our conclusion about 2023? Um, it's all gonna depend on the price of that commodity, right? But the estimates, even if they're coming down, are remaining elevated. So I still like this group, if for nothing else than their dividend payouts. They are quite attractive here. Um, even if the special dividends come down, a lot of companies are still doing share buybacks. And we're still seeing yields of two, three, or even 4% in some cases, even on the base dividend. So I like all of that. Um, I still think we are in a multi-year energy bull, but who knows? Maybe this is a fake out rally again, but I don't think so. These companies are well managed, but can they do it again? I don't know. Three years in a row would be a little bit shocking, but uh, the stocks are still cheap. If they pull back again significantly, I would be a big buyer here and watch for the insiders. If they start buying again on a bigger pullback, that'll tell you what you need to know. So let me recap the stock tickers I talked about. So there was just the energy ETF, kind of like having the one where it includes everything, that's XLE. Then we had the big integrated ExxonMobil, Ticker XOM is that ticker. We had a refiner, Valero, ticker V 
OLO. We had the oil field services, the only number one rank that I talked about, the strong buy, Schlumberger, ticker SLB. Then we had one of the producers, I've talked about them before, EOG Resources, ticker EOG. And as always, be sure to subscribe so you're getting every of our podcasts. Um, and check out the Zach's Value Investor through zax.com slash ultimate. You can check that out there, but make sure you're getting us somewhere in all these great value stocks because there are a lot of value here in 2022. And I'm thinking it's going to be another good year in 2023. So you want to be sure to get us. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. But get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.